Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our souls, and it helps keep us with a better frame, a frame, uh, a better frame of mind to be able to deal with life every day, and life throws a lot at us. Now we encourage you to help other people in your life grow in their faith, come to God, and ultimately get to heaven by getting them into God's Word every day by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, we're talking about why should we become a Christian? Why should we be a believer in Jesus? Now, I've, I've spoken, but really I'm talking about from a general perspective, but I, I've made the application to my own life. Why am I a believer in Jesus? And we've emphasized that being a true believer in Jesus is going to necessarily, naturally lead me to become a Christian a true follower of Jesus. Well, why? Because there are tremendous blessings. There is no way to God except through Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no salvation except through Jesus. There is salvation in no other. The Apostle Peter said in Acts 4 and verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 4 and verse 12. Well, that alone, that is bottom line reason for me to be a believer in Jesus and to let that belief become true faith to the point that I become a Christian one who is obedient to Jesus, one who has given my life to him, and I'm living according to faith in him. The Apostle Paul, who at one time in his life had been an enemy of Christ and an enemy of the church that Jesus established on this earth, an enemy of Christianity, even to the point of hunting down Christians, he wrote after he himself became a Christian and a gospel preacher, and a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ. And God chose him to write more letters in the New Testament, more books of the New Testament than any other inspired writer. And he wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, talking about how his life had changed in coming to believe in Jesus to the point of becoming a Christian. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. Now, he wasn't literally talking about hanging on a cross, being nailed to a cross, and being executed in that barbarous and torturous way. But he said, well, he went on and explained, I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live. But not I, but the life that I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I've I've given my life to my Lord. I'm living for my Lord. I'm living by his teachings. Now, that is true faith in Jesus. He was baptized into Christ. 
the man, Christian man, whom Jesus sent to teach him the gospel, Ananias, came to him and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22 and verse 16. Saul of Tarsus became a true believer in Jesus, and that led him to become a Christian. Well, what are the advantages of being a Christian? Why be a believer in Jesus with all that includes? Are there advantages? Are there advantages over not believing? Does it make any sense to be a believer, to become a Christian? We've already looked at a whole bunch of them, haven't we? First, I have been forgiven in Christ. As we pointed out already, Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. I have been justified in Christ, justified before God through Christ. I have become a new creation. God has blessed me with a do-over in life from a spiritual perspective. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. How many people who are being tortured in their minds and emotions because they are going through some kind of, of, of problem in their life where they know they're wrong, they know they're condemned because of how they've lived their life, how they're living their life. How many would not love to have all of that guilt taken away, removed from them, and given a new chance? I've been made a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. I've been sanctified in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 2. Set apart from the world around me from a spiritual perspective. The Holy Spirit has been given to me as a guarantee of my inheritance. Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. And my body, my body has become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, not enabling me to perform miracles, but, but as a guarantee, somehow the Spirit is with me because I'm in Christ, because I'm a Christian. I've been delivered from condemnation. Now think about that. Condemnation. In Revelation 21 and verse 8, we read this. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And that's a description, vivid description, of eternal condemnation in hell. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7, talking about that final day of judgment when Jesus comes again to call all mankind to give account for the way we've lived our lives. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know Christ, or rather who do not know God, and those who do, who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Again, we're talking about eternal condemnation in hell. But when I became that true believer in Jesus that led me to become a Christian, 
Well, I was delivered from that condemnation. I was delivered from that condemnation. In John chapter 5, John chapter 5 and verse 24, we read this. Most assuredly, I say to you, and this is Jesus speaking himself, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life, has been delivered from that eternal condemnation in hell and promised eternal life with Jesus and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in heaven. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. No condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. That's another reason why I became a true believer in Jesus, why I became a Christian. I was delivered from condemnation because, you see, again, outside of Christ, I'm lost in my sins. As I came, as I was baptized into Christ, Romans 6 and verse 3, Galatians 3 and verse 27, the blood that he shed on the cross to pay the price for the guilt of my sins, that blood cleansed me of the guilt of my sins. Revelate, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Acts 2 and verse 38, Acts 22 and verse 16. I came to salvation in him. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. I was delivered from condemnation as I became a Christian. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why I believe in Jesus. That's why I believe enough to have become a Christian. But there's another one, another blessing in believing in Jesus and becoming a Christian. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, the apostle Paul, writing this to Christians in the church in Ephesus, he said that we have been blessed God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, in Christ. Now, those blessings are not going to be found. They're not going to be realized. They're not going to be bestowed upon us outside of Christ, outside of our becoming a Christian. Now, think about that. All the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places have been bestowed upon us, promised to us in Christ. Christ, through Christ. Why would a person not believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior and God's Son? Why would a person not become a Christian? When you start thinking about all of these numerous blessings that are laid out for us in the Scriptures. But let's think about another one. In Christ, I became a son or a daughter of God 
and an heir of God through Christ. We look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 21. And here, I'm sorry, verse 29. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29. And, and notice what the Apostle Paul wrote. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, now think about that. Heirs? Heirs according to the promise? And how? In what way? Through what avenue? In Christ. If you are Christ's. But also, Paul goes on in that Galatians letter, and in chapter 4 and verse 7, he says, he's writing this to Christians now, those who have become believers in Jesus, and not only just agreeing that Jesus is the Lord and God's Son, but they have become obedient to Jesus. They have become Christians. In verse 7 of chapter 4, Paul wrote, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. God adopted us as his children in the ultimate sense as we became Christians, as I became a Christian. Verse 5 of Galatians chapter 4, to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Why did I become a believer in Jesus? Why did I become a Christian? Because of all of these blessings. And we'll look a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to be our savior. That through him, oh, all of these blessings can be ours. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please guide us to be your true followers through Jesus Christ. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.